Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here today with Stuart Mitchell, who's the manager of uh, a couple of European funds for St. James's Place. I'm here to talk to him about uh, the macro environment in, in Europe, some of the shares that he holds in, uh, in your portfolios, and his outlook for 2012 and beyond. Stuart. Last time we spoke, you were relatively bullish about markets. Given the slow progress in the uh, resolvement of the euro crisis, have you changed your view? No, we still remain uh, very, very positive. Um, I think it was always going to be a slow process. Uh, Merkel works step by step. And um, of course, the great chance she has is, while she wholeheartedly endorses the European project, she's very unwilling to let the Spanish, Italians and Greeks get away scot-free. And I think it's quite right that they should be forced to experience some degree of austerity before the Germans uh, begin to transfer you know, capital out to those peripheral countries. So, so I think it's, um, in, in our view, it's pretty much progress as expected. Um, and and as, you've, as you know, the, um, the austerity programs that have been introduced in Italy, Spain, uh, Greece and Portugal are really very deep. And, uh, and I think it's the first part of the process to then hopefully at some stage in the future, moving towards uh, the possibility of the creation of a Eurobond. So um, we think it's um, somewhat of a distraction from what has been really, a, we think, a continually improving investment backdrop. And, uh, and the principal observations we would make is that in the last uh, really three months, six months, we've seen a, a, quite a marked acceleration in US economic activity. And European economies haven't slumped as many have expected. So we, we remain uh, really very positive. Many say it's in Germany's interest not to fix this problem quickly because it benefits their export markets. Um, do you agree with this view? That's a very interesting question. Um, I, I'm not sure the Germans would see it like that. Merkel would love not to have to bail out Greece, Portugal, Spain, Italy et al. Um, I think where it has been useful though is um, it's the, the whole argument of the weakness of the European Euro benefiting German exporters has made it easier for her to win round this, the so-called bailout skeptics in Germany. It's made it easier to push for, um, uh, for supporting the, the weaker peripheral countries. But, it, but it's a very interesting debate. And, um, and of course, if uh, Spain, Italy, Greece, Portugal, Ireland were ejected from the Euro, the Euro would be 40-50% um, higher. And uh, it's fascinating. We see day to day in our meetings with management of leading European, French, uh, even Northern Italian companies, uh, really dramatic market share gains against American, Korean, Japanese producers. And that goes back to the, um, the weakness of the euro within the context of the financial weakness of the peripheral countries. Stuart, you mentioned earlier that you and your colleagues spent a lot of time meeting company management. What's your view of uh, what the company management are saying at the current time and, and how that's inputting to your investment process? That's a fascinating question because I think in the 25 years I've done this job, I've never seen such a disparity between what a number of economic commentators are expecting and what people like us are out in the road meeting companies day after day after day, what we're seeing. And uh, if you remember, we had this mini panic um, in uh, the July-August of last year when a number of commentators thought the US would go back into recession and um, were talking of uh, suggesting we could even see some sort of depressionary minus 2 or 3% GDP scenario in, uh, in Europe. And the market, of course, came off sharply on the back of that. Now, the curious thing about all of this is that in meeting after meeting, even in July and August, where there was some sort of growth pause, most of the companies we spoke to said, 
you know, we're, we're reading all this terrible stuff in the newspapers about, you know, economic crisis, and yet all we see is, um, is order growth accelerating. And the particular hotspots were in meeting after meeting, wow, we're really surprised America is much stronger than we ever could have expected. And that has continued right into this year. The other part is, again, in meeting after meeting in all sorts of different industrial sectors, we hear the emerging world continues to boom. There's been a lot of talk about a possible slowdown in China, but we haven't seen that for any of our companies who are doing business in the region. And again, they vary from software companies to uh, car manufacturers, a number of uh, different in, in, in industrial areas. So, so, so it's been a very curious time for us. And, uh, and of course, you know, as you know, markets have bounced back dramatically since because, the, as it were, the macro side has caught up with what's, you know, what's happening in the real world. And um, I mean, just to give you an idea of how, how startling the sort of the imbalance was in a, opinions between people like us out on the road and, and economists, um, a number of economists were expecting American growth to fall half a percent in the second half of, uh, of last year. And in fact, it grew at between three and four percent. So, um, and that's why, of course, markets have bounced right back up because the economy really is in much better state than, uh, than, than a number of people think. And as well as the market recovering um, very quickly in 2012, your fund has also uh, recovered sharply. Yes, again, that's, um, we, we, had, we can, as you imagine, um, you know, we had a very clear view in our minds of how the economy was developing and, uh, and we were very happy, very comfortable with the positions within your, within your funds. And, um, and, and we were somewhat surprised how, how some, of our, some of the share prices in companies we have the most conviction about how much they came down in the second half of the year when there was this mini panic over, over economic growth. Uh, and of course, now that it appears that economic growth is much faster than many, many people thought, those, basically those shares which fell the most in July and August have come straight back to all-time highs. So, so we had um, you know, a slightly, I guess, tough time in the second half of the year, but we got everything back plus much more in the first half of this year. So, so we, um, it's been very pleasing that we've stuck to our guns in it, uh, and it's now been reflected in share prices. I want to focus on a couple of sectors, if I may. Uh, I recall you saying last year that you were beginning to focus research activities on banking shares. Could you give us an update on that, please? That's been a, a great uh, labour for us. We've done a, been doing a lot of work in the area, uh, meeting companies, speaking to experts. And um, I mean, the, the, the one thing which is, um, is sort of startling, although perhaps not within the context of what we've seen, is how cheap the banking sector is at the moment. And a number of great retail banks are trading at big, big discounts to book value, which is implied that they're never going to make returns again, returns on capital, similar to what they've done in the past. And it would seem to us that um, the environment is beginning to stabilize. And uh, most banks, I mean, certainly the ones which we're looking at, should have ample capital anyway to meet the Basel requirements and to be able to grow their businesses when economies get better. Um, the other part of it is we think that uh, the industry as a whole is delevered sufficiently so, so that the riskiness of, of bank company balance sheets is much less than it, than it was, certainly at, at uh, the height of the crisis. And, and of course, post 2007-2008, uh, most bank managements have put in very aggressive cost-cutting programs. So, so, so we think it's um, very reasonable that companies like Santander and BNP, the better quality in Europe, uh, will start to be earning really very decent returns on capital within the next two or three years. 
And, and if they make generate those sort of returns as we expect, the share prices should be dramatically higher. Sure, I know you've also got a number of consumer plays in the fund, um, particular LVMH, Swatch and H&M. Uh, could you help us understand how those companies are likely to prosper when there's austerity measures being enforced in the uh, in the major markets in which those companies reside? Um, yes, yeah, so it, it's an area we have to be uh, very careful because, of course, uh, you know, consumers in the developed world are under a great deal of pressure, and um, even more so recently with the rise in the oil price. And the, the, the sort of companies that we've invested in uh, tend to be growing because they've been very successful in the, in the emerging world. And um, in particular, you know, LVMH and Swatch, now over 50% of their revenues come from countries like China, India, where the demand is insatiable and so is no sign of slowing down. I, I spent um, over a week in China at the beginning of this year seeing companies, meeting politicians, and um, there's clearly some problems in the property market on the eastern coast of China, but you know, the, the, this whole process of urbanization is driving very strong demand for, for luxury goods products. Uh, Henderson Marriott's a little bit of a different situation because clearly they have a, a large business in China which has been very successful, but they are much more in the developed markets. Henderson Marriott, however, is the, um, you know, is the number one, the most successful, we think, fashion at a cheap price retailer. And, uh, and they've been able to gain market share and so they've been able to continue to grow irrespective of operating within you know, other difficult economies like Germany or the, or the UK. So in summary, what would you say to investors who are nervous about investing in European markets at the current time? I, I think the thing which is um, most startling to me as an investor is how strong the core of Europe is. Uh, French, German companies, Italian companies, uh, business is booming. And, um, and, and of course a lot of that is to do with uh, of the weakness of the euro, but uh, the market share gains compared to American, Japanese, Korean, Korean uh, manufacturers and others is really very, very significant. I think the second point I'd make is that valuations now are at the lowest level we've seen for almost four decades. And, uh, and just tied in with that, uh, European shares are now trading at the biggest discount to American shares they've traded at for the last 30 or 40 years as well. And uh, we see no reason for that because your average European company is just as profitable, growing just as fast, has a similar uh, market share globally, but yet trades at this enormous discount because of perceived fears over the sovereign debt crisis. We think there'll be a muddle through and, uh, and that one way or the other the thing will be solved and that we'll slowly progress towards a Eurobond. And at the end of the day, the amount of block of debt in Europe um, at 200% of GDP is still dramatically less than what it is in the United Kingdom or in America. So it should theoretically be a less of a problem facing those countries. So, so, so we remain very positive. Corporate sector in great shape, uh, booming profits and valuations uh, we haven't seen since the 1960s, 1970s. Stuart Mitchell, thank you very much. Thank you. Any views and opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals and are subject to change. Where individual securities are mentioned, they do not necessarily represent a specific portfolio holding and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase or sell. Please be aware that past performance is not indicative of future performance. The value of an investment may fall as well as rise and you may get back less than you invested. Returns on equities cannot be guaranteed. 
Equities do not provide the security of capital characteristic of a deposit with a bank or building society.